This is the Finders Keepers radio show, making global local. You're listening to the Finders Keepers Radio Show from somewhere in the English countryside, making global local. Uh, I can uh, smell Christmas in the air. This is our very first Christmas in the Christmas uh, cottage. The finest keepers Christmas cottage. And uh, I suppose uh, you and I can be described as the Donner and Blitzen of uh, the whole organisation. I'm Pete Mitchell. We have uh, a very Christmassy Andy Votel. Ho, ho, ho. And we welcome our very special co-host, Gerd, uh, from uh, Belgium. Hello, Gerd. Gerd, how Gerd. are you? Hello, I'm very fine, thank you. It's kind of chilly, isn't it? Very chilly. There's icicles on my icicles. Windy, rainy, snowy, hilly. That describes the area very well, I think, don't you? Sm- did you say smelly? <laughs> That's probably Tate Worthy's talking about. They don't take offence yeah. here. But, uh, we're going to have a, a cast of... Can we say thousands or is that a gross exaggeration? I go as far as saying the millions. All oh, right, okay, Guess. joining us. We, yeah. have a, we have a party here, it's a Christmas, so uh, just to prove we have a big audience here, happy Christmas everybody! Yay! Happy Christmas! Oh! We have uh, Christmas cake, mince pies, sherry. Is King it? of the minces. <laughs> King of the minces. You talk about Big yourself Mitchell. like that. You talk about yourself. But we're going to introduce some guests as uh, we go along. Uh, our, our co-presenter is uh, Gert from Belgium. Doug is around somewhere. Is he stuffing the turkey in the kitchen? Doug. Doug. Elbow deep, fellas. Elbow deep. <laughs> <laughs> got a bit of, uh, what's it called? Duff, goose fat. Uh, oh, I don't know. He's probably got his marigolds on. Yeah. Would you like a glass of mulled wine, Doug? Yeah, why not? Fill me up. What suitable Christmas <laughs> record are we going to begin the show with? Shall we go to Cologne and meet the, the fragrant four? Mm. This is Elijah Wood. You are listening to the Finders Keepers radio show from somewhere in the English countryside. Making global, local.
You are listening to the Finders Keepers Christmas special. I think that um, is a fine, festive start to the show. Guess who that was? Guess who that was, Pete? Did you not rec- recognise that Germanic sounding festival? Can I, can I hear that again? That was Can. Oh, was it? Oh, that of course Cannes. it was. Yeah, you surprised me there. Silent Night. Not necessarily you would think of Can as a festive band. I don't know. I've seen Malcolm Mooney dressed up as Santa Claus. <laughs> and one, is he one, a, is he a, 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 you know, a, a portly figure? Want <laughs> <laughs> to qualify his, his, his Santa Claus? Does he carry um, a bit of bulk? Well, he was in a Fat Boys video. We've mentioned this in previous. Oh, you have. Pre- I forgot previous, about. Yeah, previous. Uh, he was in shows. the um... the twist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I distinctly remember wait, waiting uh, for Father Christmas to bring my Fat Boy cassette. Actually, when I was uh, really? when I was a young lad, yeah, that was top of my Christmas list once upon a time. Yeah, yeah. But can, but yeah, Holger Chuck, eh? he's a bit fruity as well, especially <laughs> when he gets that French horn out. Yeah, yeah, I've yeah. heard, yeah, I've yeah. heard the rumour. Late period can, yeah, Silent yeah. Night. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, it's got their sort of metronomic sound on the go. It's almost like a, it sounds like a, a covers band doing can to right. me. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, uh, yeah, spectacular. I always think if you'd ever do a Christmas record, uh, I'll include you in this, Gert, that it mm-hmm. does, your options are very limited. You've got about a couple of weeks to, to sell some Christmas records, and it's over never gets played again till the following 12 months you need to think these things through always thinking commercially Peter. That's <laughs> it's, that, it's the side of the fence i come scrooge from. we uh, well there may be an element of that actually <laughs> yeah. i don't know yeah so we're here in the uh, the, uh, the christmas cottage the christmas that cottage naturally rolls off the, the what about the creeper's igloo on bauble boulevard bauble boulevard yeah, oh, bauble boulevard. yeah. Uh, i think I don't, uh, this is technically a grotto isn't it yeah, it is. well, yeah well it is very much so Satan's at the moment grotto yeah yeah the creeper's igloo yeah, pretty good, yeah. and uh, we've got our own sort of psychedelic reindeer in the garden. Yeah. Uh, what colour are they? The, the 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 psychedelic reindeer in the garden, Andy. Purple. The green. And Gert, could you tell yeah. us about the the way you celebrate Christmas? Is it just the same as everybody else? In, yeah. Um, in very Bel- very boringly the same as everybody else. Do you drink a lot at Christmas? Like no, uh, that we don't. We never drink. At Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. <laughs> Not a drinking. Really, nation. really. Oh, that's a yeah, yeah. Belgians don't drink and don't really celebrate at Christmas. I've celebrated festive times with Gerd before. Gerd said that it, after a night out with me, it takes him three weeks to recover. <laughs> Is it true? And laughing also. I mean, I get like spontaneous giggles, you know, thinking about really? Andy lying on the floor playing dead or stuff Did like that. Did you say the other day that when you drink with him, it's quite a heavy drinking session generally? Is that you've Generally, been... like always. Uh, as it's Christmas, do you enjoy, uh, uh, you know, the odd mulled wine? Takes a few weeks to mull it over. <laughs> Seriously, we do have a, have a lot of fun at Christmas. In Sounds Belgium. like it, yeah. One night, we ended up in a boat with a with a, a three-meter-big <laughs> right. uh, Sau- Saudian guy do you remember drinking that? champagne. And, it sounds uh, like a, it sounds a pretty good night. To right, check this out. Ended. <laughs> One Christmas, me and Gerd didn't have anywhere to stay after this Christmas party that we were doing, and we didn't have... So we were just walking the streets of Belgium. The next day, we woke up on a speedboat. Is this what happened? Yeah, yeah we were like 
James Bond. No, it was, yeah, it was yeah, like Miami Vice. It was like a Miami Vice cruise boat. Yeah, 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 yeah. And the guy drove us there in a tank. <laughs> is that true though? He was. He had like loads of weird stuff. Oh no, but it's true. The, the, the car that was falling apart actually was the old Volkswagen. It, yeah, like had some camo. tank qu- qualities. Yeah, yeah. True. You yeah. lot in Brussels, actually, you're just out actually, con- you're out of control in Brussels. You really are. Yeah, it wasn't Gendix. Let's play another Christmas record. Yeah. You are listening to the Finders Keepers radio show from somewhere in the English countryside, making global, local. Listening to the finest creep. Uh, finest <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> well, hold on. Yeah. You are listening to the Finders <laughs> Keepers Christmas special live from the Christmas cottage here, uh, somewhere in the English countryside. And that was the sound of M. Ashraf mm. and um, Nahid Akhtar, the mm. Lollywood greats, doing a Merry Christmas, spelt Christmas. Christmas, with an, with an I instead of an A. Christmas, yeah, yeah. Right. I don't know why. 
I feel though this show, as we uh, go on, will it's national, it's global, isn't it? We're always talking about transversing, transversing the, the drinks getting through. Transversing the drinks. I don't. I can't, can't remember. remember. <laughs> no, I can't remember. <laughs> do we transverse? The, what do we do? Traverse the globe. That's traverse, what we traverse yeah, the globe. It's your phrase. Is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have to admit now, if people are spotting a little slurry, uh, slur in the, the <laughs> conversation, we've had uh, we've had a couple of liveners. To what our did you say? Lighteners. Live liveners. liveners. We've had a nice mold, glass we've of had wine. Some mold, we've had some nice drinks. Mulled wine is what we've been drinking yeah, today. Yeah, and mince pies in in our, our local down in the village. I bought some mulled wine recently from the supermarket, and the content on the ingredients was grape juice and alcohol. Like they just shoot it in there with like, what, a, like in, a needle. Intravi- yeah. Sherry. Would it be sherry? Was it sherry? Do you Magic think? ingredients. Yeah, it was, yeah, that's what yeah. it was. Like it was like filled with meths and yeah, yeah. grape juice. What is the uh, the Flemish Christmas drink then, uh, Gert? What, what is the coffee? God, come on, you. you come on. <laughs> I don't know. With whiskey in it. With whiskey in the yeah, coffee. Whiskey no, in the we, coffee. We, uh, eggnog. Eggnog. Christmas is, is just like a family thing, and there is nothing to you know. We're not ex- as exuberant as the the Americans that hang like. Uh, no, you say you're not exuberant, mm. but you've awarded yourselves two 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 Santa Claus, or yeah. Santa Claus yeah, and yeah. Um, Saint Nicholas. It's just uh, greed. A keeper. Yeah, there, there. Spare. One to play out. And Wants to, mm. wants, to, wants to stick on the rack. Lights the Americans there, yeah. are very good at Christmas. Yeah, they're, they're the that's, Christmas a Santa, that's a Coca-Cola Christmas, isn't Coca-Cola. it? Yeah. Wow. Really? I think we should invite some Americans into the show later on to maybe preview, preview wrong. Oh. Well, Chris, Father Christmas is dress, always dressed in green until Coca-Cola Camel. Camel. dressed Santa in red. Is that true, Look, isn't it, in the 50s? Well, or is it, is it, am I right or wrong in that? Andy, I you think know. in the 1400s he used to be some, somebody completely different. What, not even, not even with a, a white beard and... Uh, I, I mean, it was some kind of... Uh, Tor or something uh, like a like a, a Germanic yeah, god. Whole, That's what it comes yeah. from, you know, like the Christmas Not tradition. You should have to well. look, look yeah, it so. up. But, uh. Do you know what we don't do here is believe in research. We don't check uh-huh. anything out. So, so whatever my, you say, my whatever we, brain tells me, whatever that it's whatever we say, people think is absolute mm. the absolute truth. So don't really worry about well, it. We uh, would, yeah, <laughs> I, I have to use that the power. Hello, listen very carefully. He was a god. What was his name? I would, I don't know, Thor is the god of thunder, but all Christian reli- uh, traditions, they go back oh, to, to heathen religions. Right. Yeah. If you take yeah. everything, rewind yeah. everything with, with, with 600 years, yeah. then you're in a wow. different tradition. This so. is, this is Merry t- Christmas! I don't want to say all of that stuff on radio sounding so un, un, uh, Uneducated. uncoherent. Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't <laughs> it's really like, matter. It doesn't really, um, Let's fade ourselves out and listen yeah, to some music. music. Yeah, that would be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> From global glam to failed pop, around the world, this is the Finders Keepers radio show, making global local.
This is the Finders Keepers Christmas special. I'm Pete Mitchell. We have Andy Votel and Gerd, our co-host, uh, our special guest from uh, Belgium, and uh, a whole host of uh, party guests here at uh, uh, the Keepers Cottage somewhere in the English countryside. That was nice. That was <laughs> nice. Thank, thank you. Yeah. Yeah, it was. I feel personally responsible for that bit yeah. of Chris- Christmas festivities. Heaven and Earth. They're an amazing folk funk uh, duo from the Ovation stable. Ovation? Quadraphonic stereo, that, if anybody's got a quadraphonic, quadraphonic system at was, home. Was it? Ovation and Black Jazz, you know that label. They, they, they were... Quad. Uh, Dick Shorey, I think, was the guy. Can they, can they bring back... It's possible to bring back quad. Does it make any sense? Resurrect it. I don't know. Is it just four speakers, basically? Four channels, I don't know. Four I, I DJ'd a quadraphonic DJ set. <laughs> Stop I did. Off. Super Fairy Animals, yeah, I did. So yeah. How, how did that work? I don't know. I was, I was, so right. I just had the headphones on. Oh, but right. it yeah. must have sounded fantastic. But think I was just playing uh, stereo records, I guess. So Maybe. In quite, have you sorted your wrapping paper out and uh, stuff like that? Every time I come round to I've your got house, my elves to do that. Really? There's yeah. always a massive shortage of sellotape here. Right. Is that the, is, yeah. Do you want to go and get the... That was the door? Oh, God, do I have to get it, Pete? Yeah. That was, it's freezing downstairs. Do you, go, do you want to go and get the... Oh, you, oh, I have no idea who we're expecting at the Keeper's Cottage in this, this snow blizzard. Oh my goodness! It's, it's Susan Chiani! Hey, happy Christmas! Oh, oh my goodness! Oh. That's all my Christmas presents and birthday presents rolled I into one. Oh, good. Well, I hope you like the, all the ones that I really did bring you. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, it's cold outside and I lost my shawl. So really? I'm really. Really cool. Where is it? Come Where upstairs. Is it? So come, what's going on? <laughs> come up to the, come up to the <laughs> studio. We'll okay, let's we'll go up. Come up to the studio and I'll get you on the radio show. Oh, okay, okay. Pete, can I have yeah. some hot chocolate? Yeah, you certainly can. Oh, uh, uh, what would be your Christmas trip preference, uh, Suzanne? Uh, you know, I, I mm, hot hot water, isn't that boring? Hot I, water? Oh, that's not a Christmas <laughs> drink. That's like an element. <laughs> really? You, hot water. Ho, ho, ho. And hot water for everyone. Can we get in the present possibly get into the present? Roast chestnuts. <laughs> Jingle bells and a big pint oh. of hot water. For <laughs> uh, 
It's primal. It's safe. <laughs> but, uh, you know? So, Susan, what do you make of the keeper's cottage here somewhere in the English countryside? Can you describe it as, a, as somebody <laughs> visiting for the very first time? What are your impressions of uh, our secret location? Poor. Well, I, I hate to talk about the weather because it's snowing That's now. so American. Talking about, <laughs> yeah. talking about the weather. <laughs> are we preoccupied with the weather? The British, are the no, British preoccupied with I, the weather? Other than... I do think that one of the beauties of this place is just it's, you know, rolling hills and yeah. beautiful vistas and it, yeah. it actually reminds me of Tuscany. Right. I don't yeah. know that I've seen a more beautiful landscape just in, in general. So where are yeah. you based in, in America? Where, where do you live at the moment? I'm, I'm based now on the West Coast outside of San Francisco. So generally, so at this time of year it's warm, is it? Is it generally We warm? don't have seasons, so it's the <laughs> same. Sh- stop showing off. <laughs> really stop showing off. We don't have seasons. <laughs> yeah, you know, we put but everything's Christmas the same. Lights. We put up Christmas lights and that's how we know. Yeah. That it's you must know. be like being on lithium, living out on the <laughs> yes, West Coast. It's just everything's on one it's level. In the, it's in the water. That's why. <laughs> that's why I drink so much water. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is, is there ever ever snow in in Los Angeles or California? Once. You know, really? That I can remember. Right? Yeah. So, but we're close to the snow. If you want to go to the snow, you get in the car. You ski, you can't you? Drive. Ski? You, you yeah, ski? Yeah, you can ski. You drive two hours, depending on the weather. Four hours, six hours, eight hours. Yeah. Ten hours. You sound American, but you're very Italian, <laughs> Susan, aren't you? Si, sono italiana, vero, si, certo. Should we play some Italian music? Yeah, so, yeah. Or at least um, French Italian, maybe? Ooh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tarantella. Do you fancy going on a sleigh ride? Let's do it. Listening to the Finders Creepers Christmas special. I'm Pete Mitchell, uh, Andy Votel here, stroking his 
Big White Beer. That's right. That was uh, Nino Nardini. Nice. Yeah, Italian dad and a French mum. Ah, so what does that make him? That makes him uh, amazing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, if he's making music like that. Um, and with Roger Roger doing Animals at Christmas album, the lovely library record. Just for our gathering, Andrew, uh, could you s- summarise Suzanne's career quickly? An amazing career that uh, Suzanne has had. Mm, Suzanne is a very important person. She's one of the first and most important female synthesists. She was instrumental in the early days of the Buchler Synthesizer Foundation company, right. whatever. She has managed to transcend artistic installations, avant-garde music and soundtrack music. Music, as well as very commercial advertising music, which not many people can do with such style and grace. She is one of my absolute heroes, and she injected a very feminine element into what an intro. The, the commercial world of basically just, bring, just bringing synthesizers into our, into our consciousness. So that is she. That yeah. is Susan. Come into the mic. Well, oh, welcome. That well, was amazing. You know, I have to credit Andy with Andor. just rediscover- rediscovering this identity for me because I'd forgotten how important I was in the past. <laughs> <laughs> you forgot how important Did you, you not were. feel at any point you were a trailblazer then? Did you not no, feel at I any was. point? No, no, no. I've always been known as that and it's always been something that I found kind of ancillary to my true you know goal which was to make these recordings but you know my recordings that started in electronics but then went into orchestral and piano and other interesting areas so you began as a kid playing the piano is that right i began as a kid playing the the piano right yeah yeah and uh, when did the uh, the electronics come in did you know people like delia derbyshire you're aware of her work and uh, i was not aware of her work until recently oh right okay yeah Uh, so 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 if you go back your your work precedes the 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 work of uh, Bob Moog. I was in graduate school on the West Coast, and I met Don Buchla, who was a designer. But he was contemporary with Bob Moog, but different. He had a completely different approach to the instrument. It was just more, you know, hands-on and non-keyboard. So lots of knobs and dials and patch chords. And it was, you know, his hope was to make, to design a new human interface for this electronic music potential well he started in the early 60s and i got out there in 68 the instruments were just starting then i think day one is the answer to that question day one yeah day Day one one. one. i mean you know this because this technology went hand in hand with the evolution of technology like the transistor Mm. happened and that allowed you know things to become you know more compact when i was a kid Mm. space and electronic music were very similar the inspiration of space because it's otherworldly that music isn't it It could be out there amongst the stars it sounds like it's from another planet yeah i always found that very annoying because (laughs) because you know i remember when somebody said oh I want you to do it. My first proposition to do an album, somebody said, okay, we're going to hire you to do an album. I was so excited. And they said, okay, this is what we want you to do. You're going to do the sounds for the end of the world. You're going to oh, do the okay. sounds for going to space. You're going to do the sounds for, you know, all this weird stuff that was supposedly electronic music. I think the distinction to make here really is that the West Coast synthesizer innovation didn't really need those excuses. It was it was a new music and wasn't looking for that commercial platform or that excuse. It was like total new way of life that didn't need to justify its artistic endeavors. What was happening on the East Coast of America with what Bob Moog was doing was more of a commercial 
entity, something that they were trying to sell. Would would it be right with that? And then people like John Jacks Perry arrived in New York, and it was it was all very commercial. But but your simultaneous innovations sort of were born more out of the hippie era, weren't they? Well, Don was the consummate designer of this, you know, elect... He didn't use the word synthesizer, right? Okay. So it was an electronic music instrument. And the truth is, is that I was really... I was under his spell. And so, mm. not just his spell. No, I was proselytized. I, I really saw the vision of electronic music through this new potential. Sounds really exciting, that era. It the, was the, exciting. There was, was that, you know, there was a future. that was, like, really exciting. Because there was no plan. You didn't know where it was going, did you? People think you revise history. You were just experimenting day by day you were inventing almost weren't you and nobody understood it and so you know as a spokesperson for the future i was always very patient it was like oh this is how it works this is where people didn't know where the sound was coming from Mm. it's like what is this where is it coming from one of the best things about suzanne in all that tickles me more than anything in all the amazing things that she achieved that you achieved you couldn't get a record deal. This was this is amazing. It took you f- forever to get a record deal. And you had to go to Japan before anyone had, had even listened. Yeah, well, you have to put it in the context of, you know, what was going on at that time. It was like guitars, bass, drums, girls were singers. So to bring a bukla into, you know, this realm, it was just not anything anybody understood. And... I thought that's why I came to Europe because Tangerine Dream had kind of started something going, you know, mm. with electronics. And then in Japan, there was a little bit of action with Tamita. And uh, so Europe uh, didn't didn't work for me. And so my next bet was Japan. And it went very well because the Japanese are, I, I like to think. Slightly that ahead of the, uh, they of the curve. Are. I just like to think that they actually listened to the music and that they weren't looking, you know, for something that fit a preconceived idea of what mm. it should be. They just responded. They listened. Should we listen to Tomato? Sure. Okay, then. Given that it's uh, our Christmas show, mm. let's listen to uh, Footprints in the Snow by Tomato. I'm going to dedicate this to my good friend Rick Myers in Boston. See if he's listening. Bit of winter chill? Bit of winter chill. Mm. Should we uh, sit back and relax? Yeah.
I reckon if you listen to that on New Year's Eve, mm. you probably wouldn't end up going out. Probably end up waking up in, in a pool of my own drool. Yeah, well, you definitely. Uh, mm. I could be in bed by about ten to nine. Ten to nine, something yeah, like that. Yeah. After uh, about that, yeah. After the uh, fish and chip supper, perhaps. <laughs> is that a custom round your way? You know it is. Have to bring the new year in. Yeah, with a big piece of attic. Isn't that like first footing? With <laughs> <laughs> a piece of coal yeah. and a piece of fish. You're not taking me seriously, are you? No. Uh, Suzanne, you know, mm. pe- people like Morton and Don. That's Morton Sobotnik and Don Buchler. Mm-hmm. Could they play piano or key keyboard instruments no I'd, I've never heard never I never knew this because I knew uh, you were a, a, a accomplished pianist at the time you could mm-hmm. play you're a piano player but the people who literally wanted to turn their back and on traditional keyboard music it, it would be easy to turn your back on it if you had never really come from that place in the in, in the first place and uh, it's a question well it's a complex question because on the one hand if you did have that ability of playing a traditional instrument you might want to bring that over into electronics if you didn't have it all the better because then you weren't tempted to you know replicate that there you go pete there's still hope for me and you then (laughs) we have yet to spearhead the revolution with our own homemade instruments time our time will come but on the other hand it has to do also with whether you have a a tradition of music period because i i think that well, this is just in my world, you know, because I'm very rooted in classical music, and I see music as a continuum, and I see the future is coming from, you know, and connected to our root system that we're not just, you know, bringing things into being attached from the, you know, falling from the sky, but that we're actually evolving human consciousness. And so sometimes I think the musical root system was a little weak, and some of the, and that's just my opinion. There you go, I told you, Pete. Mm. <laughs> you know, Christmas isn't all about synthesizers, though you do know that, don't you, Pete? A, a synthesizer is for life rather than Christmas. It is. I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind finding a, a bootle under, underneath my Christmas no, tree. What have you got on your Christmas list, anyway, apart from that kind of Lots thing? of great, expensive things. Really? What? Yeah, I can't reveal. Really? No, because... Records. Yeah, records. Rare records. Rec- records vinyl. Rare soul records. Uh, uh, well, you know, there's other bits and bats in amongst all of that. Do you know Million Silly, that massive Christmas sleigh bell break, drum break? I don't, should I? I think you should. I'll, uh, it's highly recommended. Oh.
Well, that certainly changed the direction of the uh, of the Christmas party. That's what we like to do, a bit of variety. Yeah. The, the dance floor's full. Yeah, exactly. It's a good thing. The drums like that only come out once a year. With that, I believe so, yeah. That, that like was, tangerines. Exactly, yeah. yeah, yeah. Was, uh, Bailey's and Beats. Yeah. That was uh, Curtis, a bit of favourite of the big man himself. Oh, actually. Santa, Santa's, Santa Claus. No, no, Large Professor. Oh, yeah, oh yeah. OK. And uh, yeah. His, uh, his, his chief elf, uh, Nass. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Million silly, getting down for Christmas. I'm mm. not sure whether I'm going to be getting up for Christmas. Really, I'll be getting down for I've, Christmas. I've had a busy, busy year. Yeah, yeah. That, that's what I want off Santa. What? A week in bed. Do you? Not with Santa. Uh, what? Wrap nicely. Um, yeah, just uh, you know, get me down. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh. There, there goes the door. We're almost at full oh, capacity here. Yeah, at, uh, yeah, just when I was there. Uh, the Creepers. Cause, oh. cause, would you like to go and get it? Uh, yeah, Andy, go, go and straight, go stretch your legs. I'll go and get it. Go, go down what the hell is that whiff? I don't know, it's, it's that pungent aroma around the, the, the Keeper's Cottage. Well, it, smells, it smells a little bit different this time. Yeah, yeah. Spicy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, hello. Is that, is that, um, is that you? T- tape. What? Yeah, ho, ho, ho! Ho, 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 ho. Um, good tidings we bring to you and your king. It's me, Father Christmas. Oh, hello? Oh, tapeworm! No, I'm not oh, tapeworm. Sa- Santa! I'm Father Christmas, Santa Claus. The only th- I got confused because you're the second Santa Claus today. We had one at the top of the show. I'm you so- mean you one at the top of the show. You don't start Christmas with Santa. You end Christmas with Santa. He came early. Oh, we booked him early. God, I tell you what, though, I'm having a good time now. I'm out. I've been out with the boys. Been out with the fellas tonight. Who have you been drinking with then? We've got a couple of mates over. A friend of mine from Mexico called a tequila oh, worm. Oh, him again? Yeah, yeah. 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 And, uh, and grape worm as well. Because we've been out on the plank. Oh, uh, yeah. Is he French? He's French great worm, yeah, yeah. He's a great mate of mine. Oh God, we was all this lot in here. Well, we're having a great party. Look, yeah, all your friends are here. You know, tons of you. Well, it's, it's our Christmas party. I thought it was busy down my boozer, but it's well busy here. Where's your local boozer? What's the name of it? My local boozer's called the Not Got Any Arms. Pete, there's some girls over there. They anything to do with you? Nothing to do with me. No, oh, I think that's no. I think they're, they may, may be already spoken for. I'm glad. Listen, I'm glad to get away from from our house anyway. It's chaos yeah. down there. We've been in front of the fire. I'm all dried out. I look well, like a cinnamon stick. Yeah, yeah, you do. Yeah. Oh, oh God, yeah. yeah. You're all right. Yeah, not bad. But you know, have you noticed? Um, have you noticed anything different about me? You look like Santa Claus. No, you've you noticed anything different about me? Lost weight. Well, I no, I haven't. But just. It smells. Oh, there's a... Oh, you've, have you got some uh, aftershave on? I've got a few prezzies from everyone. Did you? That's prezzies, that's yeah. great for you. Yeah, it's great. Uh, is that an aftershave? Yeah, it's a well-known brand. Uh, not Old, old Spice? No. Uh, uh, Brute 33? No. High Karate? It's actually low karate, yeah. It's actually low karate, yeah, yeah. It's, but it's, yeah, oh, it's a good one, yeah. So, uh, yeah, you want to watch out. Tell you what, though, I've been attracting a few Robin Redbreasts on the way down here. Really, yeah. They, are, they do. Everybody thinks they're cute, but they are animals. Well, they're not animals, they're birds, yeah, technically. Yeah, yeah, yes, but they, I've deemed them to be monsters, monsters mm, creatures. I've heard this. Yeah, they, they, I, I'll tell you something for sure. I, for one, don't find a Robin reliant. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
bellboy. Bellboy. Trotter. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, so when they got me in the mood, I could have could have brought tequila worm with me. You could have done, yes. What about great worm? They're all welcome. But, well, oh, I should have brought them with me, you know. But anyway, enough about me. How are you? <laughs> I'm all right. I'm just looking forward to opening presents. You, have you got a lot of presents? You're expecting a present yourself? The kids? The usual, the same little, old thing, you Maggots, know. the little maggots brought you some gifts? Yeah, no, I just get... The wife just buys me a sock. <laughs> right, just just the one. I only need the one. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, anything else on your your Christmas list? Uh, she was going to buy me, because I've started exercising. You say I've lost weight, I've been exercising. Uh, you look a lot thinner. Yeah, so she uh, bought me a, a, well, what is technically a, a swimming suit. <laughs> but you would know it, but you would just, if you saw it, you would just call it a balloon. Yes, indeed. Can you swim the channel, for instance? Would you like you to go to the, you go to the local swimming mats? Swim the TV channels. <laughs> It's great, it's great. I'm having a fantastic time. It's great, it's great. Yeah, other than that, you know, the usual, some tokens, and um, you know, she got me like book tokens. But I'm not, I'm not, I am not the bookworm. I'm, I'm the tapeworm. So I'm not that, I'm not that bothered about them really. They're dangerous, but um, yeah. But you know, yeah. I mean, so you know, in the in the in the true. Tradition of Christmas, you've got a, a, a little sack on your little thin back. I have, yeah, I have. It's a, well, it's a big sack, if you've not noticed, because it's big. This is a usual, it's just, you, well, you can see by the side of it, the gift I bought to you is not a compact cassette, Peter. It's not a compact cassette this time. It's a different type of tape from my friend Grape Worm. He's bought me something over from France, and it's it's actually, it's a, well, it's either, t- it's a two-inch tape from a studio. Sacre bleu. A two-inch tape from a studio, sacre bleu, indeed. I'm only an inchworm myself, so yeah. you can feel how, how I, I felt climbing up the hill with it. But anyway, check this, well, what it is, it's, um, yeah, it's, it's a tape from a French studio. And, and because Andy is often very quiet when I come around, I thought I would, uh, 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 you know, bring him, stop him from being shy, because they've got a gift, it's specifically for Andy. And it's by a fella known by the name of Serge Gansborg. What do you think of that, Andy? Oh, thanks, tape wormer. <laughs> what, a two-inch master tape by Serge Gansborg? One of my favourite all-time artists. I know he is, I know he is, and even though we don't speak that much, I've got my eye on you, because I hear you, I'm, I'm well up to date with your career, I know what you've been doing for for a while, and you can take this either way, but a lot of people bring your records down the tip. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know how to feel about that, but uh, yeah, wow, uh, Sir, well, Serge Gansborg, uh, what is it, like a, a unreleased soundtrack? Well yeah, well, yeah, you've read me mind, it's an unreleased soundtrack to a film called, called, called La Pasha, Um. The track that you know is called Requiem Poor and Con, but did you know on the film there's a Christmas scene and this is this is the Christmas music. So I've killed two birds with one stone. I wish I could kill birds with stones. I've killed two birds with one stone. And this one is just simply called Noel. Do you know, can you speak French, Pete? Uh, no. You know what Noel means in, you won't believe this. Do you know what <laughs> Noel means in French? Uh, Guess. Uh, Christmas. Yeah, it does. It means Christmas. How do you know that? All right, here it is. This is Serge Gansborg and Michel Colombier with unreleased tape of the music called Noel from the film Le Pasha.
was there was a sound for sore ears. What did you think of that, eh? Did it do a win? Do a win? You win do every. A, do a win. You win every do time. Do a win. Do <laughs> you a win, win a what? <laughs> you do it every time. I can't this. I think I've done very well this yeah, time. You're a winner. Yeah, I'm a winner. I'm a winner. Oh, Serge a winner. Gansberg, eh? What do you think, Andy? What do you think, Andy? I'm, I'm touched. Say it well. That's. <laughs> <laughs> one of the nicest gifts anyone's ever ever given me. Don't get too upset. That's fantastic. Don't let him see you crying. Oh, God. Uh, Andy, well, you know it's there, and we, you know, we're, we're all friends at the Keeper's Cottage, especially around this time of year. Um, anyway, um... Do you mind, uh, if you're staying around, can I offer you a, a drink on the house? Yeah, cool. I mean, one more, one more for the road, the one we came for. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I'll just have, uh, I'll just have whatever Suzanne Chiani's having. What, a, a cup of hot water? Uh, yes. With ice. <laughs> 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 You're taking the mickey out of me. No, uh, but, no. but I don't mind, really, because it's Christmas and we're all here to have a good time. So. Uh, do you mind if I ask you something rather personal? You can do, yeah. Have you made a New Year's resolution? I have made a New Year's resolution, Pete, and it's just to, um, just, you know, this year I'm just going to take time out to to think about all the horrific and horrible things that have happened to people less fortunate than myself over the past 500 years and I'm just going to reflect on that and keep myself to myself and um, just stay in a lot more and probably not talk to anyone as much and it's just no more Mr Nice Guy from now on (laughs) the way I see it but that's uh, but that's next week because we've got a week left. So, <laughs> we've got a week left for a party. So yeah, we're gonna do the electro boogie for a few more days. So um, all right, well I'll mingle or wriggle or whatever, and um, yeah, okay. Uh, you just played some tunes and um, yeah, that was Tapeworm signing off. Sausage on a stick. Sausage on a stick looks familiar. Bye. <laughs> You're a lion, Robbie. <laughs> Love it. Yo, this is George Dr. Frankenstein Clinton, and you're listening to the Finest Keepers Radio Show from somewhere in the English countryside, making global local in your hood.
Powerful. Yeah, there's a, another reminder of uh, what cr- the true meaning of Christmas. Indeed. Fear. Yeah, absolutely frightening. Or um, not looking after your records. Uh, I, I think. Not I put- think it's a AV minus. Not having to put your records away. Yeah. Um, or crackle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Adds to it. Adds to the the, the, the general ambiance. Yeah, I, was quite, I quite enjoyed Tapeworm's presence earlier. Oh. It's very very nice of him to bring us that gift and speak about his own gifts. Yeah. Has he actually left the cottage? I tell you what's a really nice Christmas present from Peter this year is mm. to hook us up with the guys from Samandai and hopefully we'll be able to speak yeah. to them later in the show. Did you know, Gerd, that one of them lives in Belgium? No. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So where? We'll blask in a moment. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. We'll I'm curious. I kind of feel silly asking this, but Gerd, uh, you're a Samandai fan? Aren't yes. You? Is everybody a Samandai fan? I think... At a certain point of your life, you should be, should have should been. Be. Yeah, yeah. I kind of sort it's of a like read, read the passage, as they say. Yeah, mm. it's always good to revisit Samande records. Mm. Yeah, I, mm. think, I think you know. And a new record after forty years. Yeah, not bad I, guy. I didn't know. I know they were touring and they're playing in yeah. Ghent actually. Yeah, but, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. They're going to be uh, out and about a lot in the new year. Well, year. In fact, given given that it's that time of year, the festive period, mm-hmm. let's, should we let's just play a, play a big Please. a big block party We've jam? Got a lot of people to fill the dance floor There's here. No need to be clever. Let's just let's go back to the source. Back to basics. Exactly. Bra, one of the biggest biggest block party breaks of all time, an absolute killer. Let's uh, let's uh, let's let's sit let's see if. 
we play that? Let's mm. see if, if that'll evoke some sort of Christmas spirit and maybe we'll be able to get them on the other end of the phone. Let's we'll uh, try. Let's see how we get on for the, for the next three minutes, 27 seconds.
Wow, I think we've done it. Yeah. Got the lines through. <laughs> no way. We have Barbados and Brussels. To Amazing. Albeit a crackly line, it is working. It is, so, it so, is, it is working because we've just been talking to them. Patrick uh, and uh, Stephen yeah. from Samande, original yeah. founders. Do you know, they were just telling me, do you know what right. Samande were called before Samande? I have no idea. The meters. Ah, not the uh, the meters that we know. Out of, out of the, the, all the breakbeat godfathers yeah. in the world, two of them have the same name. Yeah. But the Neville brothers have got nothing on these guys. Yeah. Hello, is that is that? Technically right, Patrick, Stephen. Uh, we, we, is it? Is that technically the meter? Stephen and I had a band, a jazz quartet called Meter. M E T R E. Did Meter ever record any music? We didn't do any formal recording. We didn't go into the recording studio or anything. But we did shows. One in particular, I remember. We worked with a band that was very well known at the time called Nucleus. Nucleus, like yeah, that's Ian Carr. Yeah, that's right. If there was recordings existed, they'd just be live recordings. Yeah. When did the Naya rock thing actually come about? Because that's another thing which is quite unusual. I know there was bands like Asagai and Demon Fuzz, but they're the closest thing that I can possibly link it to. And would I be right in saying that? Do those names mean anything to you? Asagai was a, a band that played Afro rock. They didn't have Rastafarian music blended into their thing. That was an Afro rock band. Um, but the Naya rock thing came about after Samandi was formally together. And we blended some of that music into the Samandi music. If you can take yourself back to 1972 and someone says to you, what does Naya Rock mean? How would you explain it in the most simple possible terms? I suppose I would simply say that Naya Bingi represents Rasta. There are certain cults in Rasta, Naya Bingi being one of them, as I, I understand it. And we used to hang with some people down in southeast London, some Rastas down in southeast London. They played Naya Bingi music, you know, the Rasta drums and all that sort of stuff. So Naya is a representation in one way or the other of Rasta. It's funny that you adopted the suffix of rock. What kind of rock were you listening to at that time? We are part of the psychedelic generation, you know. Uh, this is Steve here. We grew up with the likes of Jimi Hendrix and all the, the stuff that was going on around the mid-60s to the late-60s. So rock was very much in, into our blood. We also were very much into jazz at that time, very much into what uh, Miles Davis was doing at that time, uh, where he was moving away from the kind of traditional jazz that he was doing and moving more into the funk era with the likes of Herbie Hancock. And if you listen to our music, um, you will find rock elements. People refer to us as a funk band, which, yes, that's right, because there's lots of funk in our music. But there's also a lot of uh, rock elements in our music and jazz elements as well. Mm -hmm. Let's just combine all of these influences. Uh, set ourselves in Soho in 1971. This is for both of you, of course. So you met uh, the producer who's recorded your new album, A Simple Act of Faith. So uh, some magic happened that day in Soho. You bumped into John Schroeder and never really looked back. What actually happened on that, that day, that meeting? If my memory serves me well, 
That is where John would formally have started to develop his concept of how to produce the band. Had you ever been in a recording studio before you met John Schroeder? I have this vague memory of going into Pi Studios with Ginger and um, his African drummers, and there must have been about 20 people or something. We did record with Ginger Johnson. Was the name Samande formed then? Or no, was... no, no, that would have been Ginger Johnson, African drummers. We were just uh, members of his band at the time. That was before Samande was formed. Did you know of John Schroeder then before you met him, or was he more of a behind? the scenes man. John was a very well-known and successful producer and it was fortunate that we were able to hook up with him and that he loved the music. He was a very English producer at first but he'd released his own albums like the Feelings records and the Vibrations records and then he did his own album called Witch Witchetide Toe and I think he was looking for something a bit more exotic. I mean would you agree with me that it was probably John that pushed the bass and the drums to the front? I mean something like The Message for example. Well first First of all, I never knew whether it was a bass and an organ unison, or is it a bass and a guitar unison? We didn't have any organ, we had just guitar, bass and drums. In terms of John's musical history, the only thing that I recall, apart from uh, Helen Shapiro and the likes, is that he had a, a thing called Sounds Orchestral. And in fact, he recorded one of our tracks with Sounds Orchestral. I didn't know of his other exploits. But when it comes to the question of, of how the music was put together, I think what he sought to do was simply accentuate what he found, because he found music that he loved, and he wanted to reproduce it as closely as he could bring it out. And he always considers that the core tightness of the band stems from the playing of Steve and Sam. We had quite a, a full repertoire of songs because we were we were a gigging band, a touring band. When John found us, the music was fairly mature in the sense of, you know, the arrangements and how we wanted it played, etc. And John liked what he heard. I first saw your record on the Janus label, which made me believe you were an American band. Went worked with John Schroeder, and then the music made its way over to America eventually, and all of a sudden you were on a label next to amazing black musicians like Minnie Ripperton, Melvin Sparks, Don Covey. Demon Fuzz actually released on Janus and, and, and shared schedules with you. I mean, how did that feel? How did it feel to be in America? Did you feel like you'd made it? Personally, I don't think that in my mind it was a question of having made it. It was great to be with an American label and it was great to have the opportunity to have our music exposed in, in a, a place that wasn't judgmental when it came to black music. I, I, I agree with Patrick. I don't think we felt that we had made it. It was quite an experience for us, obviously, because from playing in England, you know, to 200 or, or 150 size venues and then going to the States and suddenly we're playing in massive stadiums, you know, of 20, 30, 40,000 people. 
it was quite a, a leap playing with names like, you know, Al Green, uh, Jerry Butler. And the reason we're saying that we never felt we made it. You know, we did two very successful tours in the States. When we returned to the UK, that popularity that we had in the States was not reflected. And that made it very difficult for us because we wanted, obviously, to be successful in our home territory. I came into your music in the late 80s. I remember being about 16 years old and I went into a, a second-hand record shop and I bought two albums. One was second second time round by Samande and the other one was Composite Truth by Mandrill. I had no reference to connect these bands together but in recent years I've heard that you were quite pally with with Mandrill. Were you sort of, did you work with them and tour with them? Were you friends? I think we did maybe if if not two, at least one concert with, with Mandrill. We weren't personal friends. Mandrill had a, a, a Caribbean contingent also. I don't know if all of their players were Caribbean people but certainly some of them were so there was a, a unity in that sense. Who else did you play with in the States? We toured with Al Green the first time around. We worked with uh, Ramsey Lewis, Billy Preston. There's one thing that's always confused me as about the labels with Samande. Can we talk about Tanya and Paul Winley records? Because when I first saw things like Bra appear on those records, I instantly thought they were bootlegs because Bra obviously crossed over into the hip-hop thing being sampled and it was like what was known as an ultimate breakbeat. My copy of Arrival seems to be on Tanya Winley's label. Does this make sense to you, this question? <laughs> glad, no, it's a good question and I'm glad you raised it. That was not an official release. I don't know when that happened, but even even with the Arrival thing, and I don't want to say too much about Arrival because we have, if you like, legal issues surrounding that matter, and it might be a little out of place and a bit early for me to, to speak. The mystery, the mystery remains. Tell us about the making of the new record. It's been a there's been a huge gap there, and you reformed in 2012 and, and began you know working together again. And how is it these days, all back in the same room working with John? What's the experience been like? Oh, it's been a great experience. There are six core members of the band that have been there right from the very uh, inception, which is myself, Patrick, Sam, Mike, Pablo, and Derek. The interest in doing an album, a new album, was really uh, generated by the the interest, particularly through our children and, and their friends, you know, being familiar with music of, of our time. We felt that we needed to try and get back together and try and complete the project, which we'd started in the 70s, but which we felt when we came off the road that we had not completed. So the first thing we did, we had this project was, you know, it's, it's been about eight years in the making. And so going back into the studio was a bit like coming home to some extent. Mm -hmm. you know? right, yeah. yeah, I get that entirely, I get that. You know, um, uh, you mentioned the sampling. Well, the first short question is, do you approve and do you consider it an, an important part of the growth of the band? Because some artists are very angry and denounce the whole thing, but some people do accept it as something, you know, as an important life boy and something that adds longevity to a band like Samande. I have no problems with the sampling. I think it's been great for Samande. And to see this young generation, a younger generation, appreciating what we were trying to do at the time in the 70s, when people of our generation were not appreciating it, for us is, is, is really great. It gives exposure to the music for a new generation 
and long may it continue. Yeah. I, I have to say, the first time I ever heard Samande music would have been through Master Ace, Me and the Biz, or Gangstar with Moving On, or Bra via Della Soul, or Dove via EPMD. What I'd like to ask was, what was the first time you ever heard your music in that context? And another question would be, what is your favourite, if there was one, regardless on, on whether the Fugees made lots of money or it was an independent thing that didn't make so much money? Is there any of, that have particularly stood out to you? I like MC Solar's Bouge de La. I don't know if you ever, ever heard that. That uh, was a sampling of, of the message. Yes, yes, I heard that. Um, it was a French artist, a French rap artist. Yep. In our live show now, we, when we do the message, we utilize some of his approach. The first thing that I might have heard, I think that might have been Della Soul. I'm not sure, but I agree. I like. I also like MC Solar. And another unlikely sort of travel course of your music, which having spoke to some other musicians, this this is a very interesting thing. When your record came out in Turkey and also came out to a more unlikely audience in Poland, what kind of impact did that have on you? Did, was it something that went unnoticed? Because in places like Poland, it's very easy for a band to travel from England and instantly find an audience of 700,000 people because very few bands are lo- lucky enough to travel to a communist place. I didn't know it was released in Poland, but I'm not happy to hear that. You never knew it was released in Poland? Absolutely not, but that's 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 great. In, in 1979, the first album was retitled as The Message and it came out in Poland and you're one of like a very small handful of UK or American bands that made it into that communist territory. You must have been saying the right things it would have had a huge impact and I dare say there's some royalties floating around in uh, Eastern European buildings that you might want to chase up I, I certainly wasn't aware that we, uh, we had any exposure in those East European countries How about Turkey? Did you know that the album came out in uh, Turkey? No, I, was, I wasn't aware of that either So you're learning something new here boys You know, I, <laughs> there's, 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 there's more work to be done then obviously isn't there? The record diggers and the record collectors teach the musicians something every single time <laughs> You are back together with a brand new record called uh, A Simple Act of Faith and no doubt touring on the back of that. Andy, my uh, co-presenter, have you got one last question that will nail this this brilliant interview we've done with the boys? I have not got one last question. I've got 20 more questions which <laughs> which, you'll, which will, won't nail anything down. As, as a sneak peek into some of the songs you'll be doing at the new gigs, does Brothers on the Slide make an appearance? Absolutely. Yes, we, we tried to do a mixture, a blend of the songs from the new album and songs from the... Uh, from the old repertoire. It might be out of place to say this, but it sounds like it had a, a, a strong notations, impressions, Curtis Mayfield influence with maybe a bit of the political leanings of Gil Scott Heron and Eugene McDaniels. Very much so. I mean, that those were the influences, you know, contemporaries at the time. Those were the kind of influences that we, that we were getting. Don't forget, that was the time of the Black Power movement and, and the civil rights movement in the, in the States. So, you know, so it impacted on us as musicians here and we were listening into the kind of music from Jones Brown and, and Marvin Gaye and those people where there's all this the black consciousness uh, movement that was uh, being reflected in the music that was being recorded at the time. So, it, it, you know, it's, yes, it, it very much impacted on our um, writing as musicians here as well. And you'll find um, in much of our music, you'll find that there is a social commentary. One of the reasons that Brothers on the Slide is so important, it was written by two of our close friends from those days, both of whom are now dead, Julian Chapman and Basil Swaby. That is, along with everybody doing all right, which is on the new album, uh, because it's, it's, it's really quite important to us. Several of the tracks on the new album are 
are of uh, material that were written in the 70s and early 80s. Okay, well, uh, it's been a pleasure talking to you, uh, boys. Have a a great Christmas. Patrick Patterson in Barbados and uh, Steve Scipio in Belgium. The album is called A Simple Act of Faith. It's taken the band a long time. It's been well worth the wait. Uh, uh, The boys from Siamande, a happy Christmas and a a happy New Year. Thank you, Pete. Thanks for the interviews. Uh, And the same to you. I hope you have a very enjoyable Christmas and lots of turkey and whatever. Enjoy the New Year as well. Hope it's prosperous and healthy. Brothers on the slide Working on the wrong side What you gonna do You can't win so you know you must lose We know You're listening to the Finders Keepers Radio Show. This is our Christmas special. We have, uh, you know, thousands, millions of people uh, listening. So we're, we're traversing the globe, which we're, we're quite proud of. We've just been to uh, Brussels. We have our Belgian friend, Gert. Uh, we've been to Barbados. Um, and, you know, we, we are listened to in, in many, many countries around the world. 
a lot of non-English language territories listening to our show. Right. I think we should dedicate this whole next link to the default. The, the, yeah, the, the Esperanto. Yeah, that'd be nice, wouldn't it? So like, I'll put you over to Gerd. You can now do the next link in Flemish with t Italian from Suzanne Ciani, yeah. and me and Pete will see you we in about here. approximately yeah. seven minutes. What is the the, the, the best guest in the airplane? Preferisco quando vado in Italia. Preferisco sempre mangiare la pasta con la famiglia. Oh, naturally, I would. I'll see you in Italia, man. In Turin, what is my favorite place? Then, I don't know. 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 I don't I can't sing a, a Christmas song in Italian. I don't know any in Italian. If there's any shows that you're going to play foreign language versions of Christmas, yeah, yeah, Christmas yeah. records, it's got to be this. Well, you started the, the show off with a, a crap rock version of Silent Night. Uh, you, are you sure you can do it again? What, you want me to play another crap rock version of Silent Night? <laughs> yes. Give me a second. Right. Around the world... Finders Keepers Radio Show. You're listening to the Fightless Keepers Christmas special, a very festive edition. That was uh, almost gone midnight cowboy at the end there. Do you think? Yeah. Harmonica. Yeah. It's arguably the marmite of the uh, of the pocket instrument. <laughs> <laughs> what along with the flute? I don't know what other instrument goes in the pocket. Uh, a jaws harp. A jaws harp. No, no, yeah, no indeed. Yeah. yeah. I uh, I love reindeers. I think Blitzen's probably my favourite. Reindeers. Yeah. Yeah. Go up to um, 
if you were to go for a wander outside on these hills, you you'd probably there's a few you know, up there. There's, there's a few up there, yeah. Have you ever approached one? Have you ever been approached <laughs> by one? Have you ever approached <laughs> one? No. My dad rescued a reindeer once. From where? From a bear trap in a lake. Oh, stop yeah. it. No, yeah. honestly. Is that yeah, true? Yeah, that's what he said, yeah. yeah. What, uh, round here? Yeah, yeah, he, yeah, he said, um, yeah, you know, they killed it. Yeah, he just had to pry it from the Are children. they uh, a nasty animal? I'm sure, well, yeah. I mean, they've got because a, if you'd like to get an injured uh, an injured reindeer out of a bear trap, I wouldn't... It's not You're not going to get the, the, the best side out of the they've rain, got in, reindeer, are they? Inbuilt, they've got weapons sticking out their head, haven't they? They have. So, oh, they're lethal they're, things, though. So that's the door, isn't it? Okay, yeah, it's busy, isn't it? Yeah. I, I think they've been knocking for quite a while. Um, right. Oh, my goodness, look who's skated across the pond! It's Massa! Massa! Pete, this is Massa, who represents Finders Keepers Ooh. on the west coast Hello. of the US. Hello, she Massa. is in all her glory. Wow. Hello, also, Massa. also proprietor of the uh, world famous Mount Analog Records. Wow, wow. climb Mount, climb Mount Analog. Yeah, very nice. Uh, nice journey over. Did yeah, you, yeah, it was great. Did you? Is that your sleigh outside? Is that how you got down the hill? <laughs> yeah. Do you go? Have you ever been? Have you ever been skiing, good? Yeah, once. have you been skiing? I well, have. Never been skiing ever been in my skiing? life. It's not. Have you? I don't think I'm that nimble on my feet. Really? Like, yeah. I maybe have. It's all about balance, isn't it? Yeah, where are you? The there's no yeah. snow in Los Angeles, but there's snow where I grew up in, in Columbus. Ohio, yeah. Ohio. In Columbus, yeah. is that right? Yeah. Dwayne Harriet, is he from Columbus? Dwayne's from Nebraska. Nebraska. Is... Nebraska sounds like a snowy place, mm. is it? Mid- the whole of Midwest is pretty cold and snowy. Really? Nebraska. Suzanne, you you were, you grew up in Boston. Snowy, is it? Dreadful weather and terrible skiing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a tourist board in Boston down the down the down the pan, isn't it? <laughs> No, you just you just finished the tourism in, in Boston. Mass- <laughs> Massa runs Finders Keepers Records in uh, yeah. out, of, out of Los Angeles. We talked about Massa on the last show. I, I think we always we- talk about Massa. Yeah, she's Espec- getting slightly embarrassed by it all. Especially in our ten-year anniversary show, she gets yeah. good mentions. What's your favourite Christmas record, Massa? Have you got one? Now, she, if you're listening and it's gone quiet, she's pulling a real, real big. <laughs> oh, you said you don't like Christmas. Do you like? You don't like like you don't like Christmas records. Do you know what? Right? I think having having worked retail half my life, having right. worked in record stores since you I don't was enjoy Christmas. fourteen, yeah. you can only imagine yeah. how, how awesome <laughs> they are. So, what's your favourite? Yeah. <laughs> and it probably doesn't really sit like now. You see, now Massa has got an amazing collection of Persian records. She's got some incredible Turkish records, but but she runs this shop Mount Analog, which is an incredible. Bookstore, poster store, and record store. Where is that, Massa? Whereabouts is it? In Highland Park in Los Angeles. Okay, go and go, if you're listening to the show around there, go and say hello uh, to Massa. The, do, does Mount Analog, have you ever had a Christmas record in Mount Analog? We have this Phil Spector Christmas Which record. Which is one of the great ones. <laughs> yeah. Pete, you've got Kindred Spirit yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, I love that Pete, record. It's one yeah, of the great ones. That omnipresent round your house at Christmas time. It's along it? with James Brown, which we'll yeah. talk about a little bit later, of course. Yeah. Oh, well, it's, uh, yeah, the, the Christmas Spectre. Yeah. The Wall of Sa- the wall of Snow. Yeah, well, yeah. It's indeed, yeah. yeah the, uh, I thought, I was, that, the last track on that version of Silent Night, where you actually hear Phil Spector's voice, is, is yeah, incredible. It's quite weird. You, you, you're good friends with that? With... Well, there's one singer on that that uh, I don't generally people don't know this. I think uh, the main vocalist on ninety five percent of the tracks is uh, a friend of ours. Of course, we. 
Darlene Love. Yeah, Darlene yeah, Love. Oh, yeah. yeah, she was a. Uh, she sang. She was vocalist on the Crystals records, Bobby Socks and the Blue Jeans. I think she was on most records, and of course, she, she made one of the great Christmas records of all time, which we. Do you want to give it a go? Let, she... Let's play Silent Night and then and see, yeah. see if you can see if you can get her on the blower. It's a deal. Hello, this is Phil Spector. It is so difficult at this time to say words that would express my feelings about the album to which you have just listened. An album that has been in the planning for many, many months. First, let me thank all the people who worked so hard with me in the production of this album and in my endeavor and desire to bring something new and different to the music of Christmas and to the recording industry which is so much a part of my life. Of course, the biggest thanks goes to you for giving me the opportunity to relate my feelings of Christmas through the music that I love. At this moment, I am very proud of all the artists and on behalf of all of them, the Crystals, the Ronettes, Darlene Love, Bobby Socks and the Blue Jeans, and myself, may we wish you the very merriest of Christmases and the happiest of New Years. And thank you so very much for letting us spend this Christmas with you. Well, thank you. Thanks, Phil. Phil. Yeah. He's, got he's got a nice voice. Lovely voice, isn't it? Strange, but nice. Very strange voice. Yeah. I'm very eager to hear Darlene's voice. Have you got uh, digits? Well... Yes, we can arrange it. Shall we uh, put a call into uh, Mrs. Christmas? Yeah, your old-fashioned Bakelite phone, and let's do it. This is the height of technology. Here we go. Yeah, what's it? Seven, eight, four, two, two, six, one. See, she's in. There we go. International, we go again. She's going to pick up. Don't believe the Skype. Hello? Darlene, it's Andy Votel and Pete Mitchell from Finders Keepers Radio Show. Hello there, how are you? I'm, I'm very well, it's all the better for speaking to you. It's lovely to speak to you at this time of year. The, uh, the, the most wonderful time of the year, Darlene. Is it wonderful for you? It definitely is. I'm actually, it's a good time that I'm being able to sit in front of my fireplace and wait on my phone call from you. Three is up already, so I'm in the mood. Are you in the mood to talk about a Christmas gift for you? I mean, I mean how did it all start for you? By the time I met Phil Spector, the Blossoms were probably the, one of the largest backup groups in Los Angeles doing working for everybody you could think of at the time. We were working for Lester Seal, who was Phil Spector's partner. We didn't know Phil, but we knew Lester, and Lester told me one day that his partner was coming to town and he wanted uh, to find a lead singer mm-hmm. to sing this song that he just knew was going to be a hit. Right. So therefore, yeah. I went into the studio uh, after meeting Phil. And he taught me this song. The song actually was He's a Rebel. We went into the studio and actually recorded it. And uh, I did record it under the name of The Crystals. Was he a bit of a taskmaster? Did you like him? I did. I liked him from the very beginning. I thought he was a very strange man. Mm, Yeah. Because we had already been doing recording (laughs) sessions and everybody that we knew, the record producers, you know, they came to work in their jeans and their sneakers and everybody was very comfortable and laid back. Mm -hmm. 
and uh, we met Phil Spector, and here he comes in a suit and a tie oh, and, and high heel shoes, oh. and his hair was very neatly oh, combed. Don't, don't. Of course, I found out later he was wearing a toupee. I probably was the only one that knew, and he just and, and I just didn't say anything about it. Different from every other producer that what, we had met at the What time. a toupee. <laughs> it must have been must have been pretty hot under there. Oh, yeah. In Sweaty. Fact, I bet it wasn't... You know, when when you imagine making a Christmas album, mm. it, you imagine it was snowing, but I bet it was glorious sunshine in it. Oh, it is, yeah, yeah. It was the hottest time of the year. I think uh, California usually has a lot of hot weather in the month of August and September, and we were smack dab in the middle of August recording this rock and roll Christmas song. We've got Suzanne Charney, mm. uh, legendary synthesis there. Suzanne, you said you've only ever seen... How many times have you seen it True. snow in California? Once. You know, really? That I can remember. Only once. Come on. <laughs> but the recording of Phil's Christmas record, it must have been like a, a, a an office party, like a staff Christmas do. Because it's like, it's kind of like, is it, is it the first time like a whole sort of label or company have got together and collaborated on a Christmas record? He was the first that took his his company of, of, of uh, people that he had on his record company and used all of them to sing Christmas songs. Each song had it on, on, had its own special treatment. Each song was done like it was a single 45, because that's what we had back in those days, 45. We have to talk about Christmas Baby, Please Come Home, the, the final song on uh, the, the record. I mean, is it your favourite on the album? Uh, yeah, it is probably, mm-hmm. a, yeah. There's a lot to choose from. Mm. Recorded in 1963 in California. Did you actually realise that this is um, this is such a great Christmas song, or was it just not quite the time to kind of realise what you'd just done? What 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 were your thoughts? Well, you know, it was a little... It was a little frightening, first of all. You know, it was a song that nobody had ever heard before. And it was such a great song. We went, wow, maybe. But, you know, this is an original song. And you know how people are not so easily swayed, you know, to do other Christmas songs. Right. But leave it to Phil Spector and leave it to Barry Mm. and and not Barry, uh, Ellie Greenwich and Jeff Barry, you know, who wrote the song. And it was an unbelievable session. That was probably... The session that we did, because he saved that one for last. Right. And he had told me he'd have this original song that was written, and he wanted me to hear it, and he wanted me to be the one to sing the song. Hmm. And I went, okay, Phil, you know, whatever. He'd had success. Whatever, Phil. Phil. He knew what he was doing. That was the big thing about working with Phil Spector. He always knew what he was doing. Focus. And it was the... The band, everybody in the room was just so excited by the time we got through doing it. Leon Russell was playing the piano, and it had gotten so good to him. You know, everybody started ad-libbing, you know, you playing little different things. He played himself. We laughed so hard, we had to go home. <laughs> he played himself off the piano. Ooh. You know, he just kept going, kept going until he just fell off. Well, I guess it's time <laughs> to go home now. Yo, deed. <laughs> D- Darling, what what do you think? What are you? Have you got plans for the Christmas season? What do you think you'll be doing on the big day? Yes, for the last fifteen years, I go to Connecticut and I spend Christmas Eve with my family and her family, and we all get together and hang out on Christmas Eve, and we're not going anywhere, so we have a lot of wine Ooh. and a lot of eggnog, eggnog and clever. a lot of laughing and talking about <laughs> old times. We spend the I night mean, there, and we wake up the next morning, and we wake up and open our gifts and then we go and we have breakfast and then that's the only day they don't allow me to cook i get to have the day off and we stay in our pajamas all day long it sounds we never get out of our pajamas it sounds like <laughs> the best christmas ever darling it really is it's so much fun you know 
I think wherever I am during that time of the year, I would come home because I've now we've been doing it for like 15 or 16 years now, and it's really something everybody looks forward to. Well, I hope you have a lovely time. Well, uh, have a happy Christmas and a, a wonderful New Year. We're going to finish and up. you also, and God bless you. Merry Christmas. And Merry God Christmas. bless you too. And we'll play that wonderful record, Christmas Baby, Please Come Home from Darlene Love. Happy Christmas, Darlene. Bye, Thank Darlene. you. Bye-bye. Bye. Yes, Andy Votel. Your little black book never ceases to amaze me. Good, isn't it? Yeah, that has... Uh, We've not yeah. got on to heads of state, queens or politicians yet. No, 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 there's well, only, only plenty time, of time. Only time will tell. That record reminds me of, um, like, Gremlins. Was it in the film? I don't know, but, it only, but it's that, that sort of sound, yeah. in my opinion, just serves as an indicator to, you know, looming disaster by multiplied monsters who eat KFC after midnight and wreak havoc. There's on only you town. could describe a Christmas record as foreboding. <laughs> yeah, you know, there's always a bloody knife scene with that kind of kind yeah. of music on yeah. yeah, blood I'm red. Wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. yeah. Is everybody having a good time? Yes, yes! We have Massive from, what's the record shop called again? Mount Analog. Mount Analog in uh, Highlands Park, did you? Did Highland you, Park. Highland Park, uh, go and visit. You run it? You, uh, yes, I run it with uh, my friend Zane Landreth. Is it like uh, a dream come true, running, having your own record store? Is it a bit more complicated than it's that? It's a little bit more complicated than this that. This is not high fidelity then. This is, <laughs> is, it not quite, is it not quite that? I mean, from an outsider's perspective, it could be very high fidelity it at could. moments, but uh, it's more of a extent. It's more of a 
It has become my living room. Right, okay. Well, you mean you chat with friends, people yeah. come to sit and have coffee and yeah, play records? Yeah, it's where and... I Sounds listen like... to all my music now. Right, it's right. where I actually do most of my reading. And... It's a lovely There was place. no books in High Fidelity, was it? It was just pure vinyl, wasn't it? I don't know what that I is, can't... really. Is that a film about a <laughs> yeah. record shop, yeah. a comedy? You've never well, seen High Fidelity? No. Uh, no, no. no. Yeah. That was a high fidelity moment. You've never seen high fidelity. I, I just thought it did. It did. It was indeed. It was. <laughs> Tell us about then uh, how you two met across uh, this great expanse of water. There was an international drinking competition. Oh, no, it's always a chocolate to eating competition. It, it always is back to drink. How do, how do you how do you two connect? Because you you you're finest keepers. Agent I lived in New York for for a while, and I worked at a record store that's still there called Other Music. We used to do these monthly parties at Other Music at venue called. APT on the west side. This was right when the Vanier record got announced. Oh, that, that, that magical moment in the, the history of Finders Keepers. Um, yeah. Dwayne knew... Who was it that... C May from Toolshed. Oh, there we yeah, go. Yeah, there yeah. we go. But that was our connection to yeah, you. Right. Right. Okay. I got a call from Alex at a. a but that's like Dwayne and I talking mm. about that connection, and then Alec made the the fateful phone call. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we brought Andy over for a DJ set, nice, and you hadn't nice been in like a decade almost. No, yeah, I hadn't been for a long time. Yeah, yeah. that that was ten years ago. That was a it was a that was an amazing gig though, because that's the first time I met people like Egon and and Signify Madlib came and, through. Yeah, mm. there was. Have you talked about that before? When you, you there was a lot of people out in the audience that you recognised were heroes. Is that the same? Are we talking about the same gig? That Earlier, I'd been under sort of like badly drawn boy sort of all species, you know, yeah, and, yeah. And, and this was the yeah, this was like you know, this was the first time. I guess the last time I DJed in New York, New York was just playing hip hop and, and funk, but this mm. time it was a whole different bag. So yeah. Uh, yeah, and I was very flattered and nervous to see people like that, you know, and mm. it was it was amazing. It was like a, a mm. new. And then I used to come out every six months or something after that mm. yeah so what is the, the uh, your view from that side of finest keepers in, in america how is it, is it a typical little english label how what is your percent what is the I perception mean, of, the, of the label at there? that time our only our kind of discussion point was twisted nerve rock okay yeah and yeah, yeah. i mean at that time you hadn't i mean we're talking 10 years ago so it at is. that time it's 10 years this year isn't it, is that right? it yeah, yeah. was exciting when when talking about reissue labels was an exciting thing but now i don't want to go to the it's a good point it's true it because is true before yeah. that it was like ace and cherry red and stuff like that it yeah. was a different world wasn't it there was yeah. there yeah, was no I mean, finders keepers really the introduction of this concept of reissuing an obscure cool record stuff. it yeah. was still very fringe and very you, there weren't many people reissuing records at that time legally legally yeah, yes right. let's yeah, make yeah, let's, yeah. so to hear about this um this label this group of people that had a had a face there was a story there was uh dots being connected and um and it was all being done in in a accessible way it was all it was all very fresh and exciting and the reference points were there and other music was one of the first mm. shops in the states to start stocking mm. uh, the label so yeah halcyon days Andy, halcyon <laughs> they, days they, they, they are and they will continue to be mm. um i think we should play a uh, uh, Finders Keepers classic from that era. That'd be good. From Massa to Massiera, Jean-Pierre Massiera. We always get a Christmas card from him, don't we? He's he's quite good like that. I think without he, fail, yeah. He's like uh, oh, this. He's, and he seems to have done. Look through his career, he's, he seems to be 
you know, he's no Ebenezer. He's he's managed to to, to knock out a few a few uh, festive festive fuzz filled hits. Um, what and drinks and drinks? Yeah. Oh, he likes <laughs> oh, a drink. Oh, does he? He likes the mulled, mulled wine. wine. Extra mulling for me, yeah, please. Yeah, yeah, he likes that gear. Um, yeah, but um, I think the in fact probably his first record, which is his rarest record for the SEM studio, he dedicated the whole B side to a. Uh, um, was it 1968? Uh, mm. 68, 69. It's a bit of a, a postcard for the studios, really, wasn't it? Yeah. A bit of a Christmas card, if you will. Never see it. Used to see it at Utrecht a little bit, but it's just, it's just, you don't see it anymore. It's a rare, it's a rare. Rare as hen's teeth. It is, yeah. We reissued it, though, didn't we? Let's give it a blast. This is the Finders Keepers radio show, making global local. Bonne et heureuse année à vous tous. Puisque le disque est un moyen d'expression, permettez-moi de vous adresser nos meilleurs voeux pour l'année 1967 et de vous inviter à danser avec cette mélodie enregistrée dans le nouveau studio de Nice-Côte d'Azur, le studio Seine. You are listening to the Finders Keepers radio show. It's our Christmas special. We have a, a house full of guests and uh, we managed to uh, shoehorn in some Massiera. Again, haven't we? We've linked Massa, Graham Massey and Massiera. <laughs> no, it's a good... We, uh, we just did it. Yeah. So that was, that was Jean, Jean-Pierre Massiera. Yeah. 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 Well, amazing, amazing, amazing record from his SEM studios out of Nice. Oh my God, that guy is, is, is God. Did I just say that around Christmas time? He is the you, man. You're allowed. You're He's allowed. He is the man. He is the man. I love him. He is Santa He's yeah. Santa Claus. Yeah, yeah, indeed. For many people, Finders Keepers fans, they will primarily know Massa for her amazing curation of the Pomegranates compendium right. of pre-Iranian revolution music and what a fantastic compilation. Massa was working on this for ages. I right, know, okay. from when I first met her, she said, I've put a compilation together and there, were, there was four tracks on it. I said, this isn't quite I mean, a compilation. I made you a CD yeah. that, when I met you in New yeah. York, remember? Yeah. Gave, it was in a DVD case. Exactly, and it grew. <laughs> it was almost like a track a year. She was, right. I've got a new track for this compilation and it was yeah. growing, you know, at like a really slow rate. And then the, the, the final throws of it, it just sort of snowballed into like too many tracks, didn't it? Was that just complicated legal issues for years and years and years or just tracking the stuff It down? became easier to pin down once I moved to Los Angeles. 
And um, when I met my friend Arash, who is the co-compiler of the of the collection, he had the proper connects, the proper contacts, and we made a little trip out into the valley mm-hmm. outside of Los Angeles and, and met a lot of the producers and uh, the people who were engaged in dispersing the rights of, of, of the music and the tracks. And uh, there's a few records, there's a few Iranian record stores, record shops in Los Angeles that are ra- sell tapes. That sell tapes and yeah, stuff. Yeah. Actually very easy to just walk in and say hello and introduce ourselves and you know, kind of go into this nostalgic kind of backstory of what, why we were doing what we're doing. And mm. being Iranian, it was mm. very easy to, because we both speak Farsi, so it was mm. very easy to communicate. And So tell us about Gagush, uh, an, extraordinary, an extraordinary talent. Gugush یکی از بزرگترین سلبر ایران بود تو سالهای شستاد و سالهای هفتاد بهش میگن دختر ایران
That was good goose. Do Amazing you, record. Good. Do you do you, do you find many Iranian records out in the wild? Um, I've been digging in in Tehran once. Really? Yeah. And and that, and, and that was a very healthy trip. Really? Yes. What did yes, you find? Yes. When? I went there almost a year ago, like in in uh, in December last year. And um, and yeah, I mean, uh, you go to the antique shop in Tehran. You ask where the antique street is, and that was like an antique shop with like some records lying downstairs, not, not all very trashed without covers. But then after a while, when I listened to all of the trash records, he said like, or he said he he pointed, you know, like come up you know we, we weren't really communicating much and then he went to a, another room with a with chains and then it was like really yes 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 wow, so that was that, that was good digging good, amazing in, uh, digging digging experiences in Tehran. you never told me i'm sorry uh, <laughs> because he didn't say secret squirrel that's it <laughs> yeah but i mean wow i would definitely go back for for digging in iran. And, and for iran anyhow because it was fantastic it was a short trip but it was really welcoming and uh, great and i think iran is very promising right now i mean yeah, they, yeah. i think they're, they're, promising. they're going well nowadays mm, so. Cool. Uh, so yeah amazing you're listening to the finders keepers radio show broadcasting from somewhere in the english countryside mm. uh, next up i've got a special christmas present Ooh, for you pete oh that's nice come on the mighty x-ray pop oh, of course uh, tapeworm's yeah. favorite tapeworm's favorite all the way from tours in france mm. have, you, have you been to tours i don't even know where it is where it's we south of paris i believe oh is it okay yeah didier from x-ray pop said he's not been to paris for like 30 years or something that's like you in london it is like me in london yeah yeah, yeah never the twain yeah. yeah exactly but yeah big fans of x-ray pop aren't we doug he does he does he's a repeat offender isn't he as well on the christmas thing he must have done about 20 well for a band who's apparently done what's it 400 cassette really albums. yeah yeah, yeah. like that <laughs> yeah yeah him and his trio of uh, Dada and pam pam they've managed to do a whole bunch of christmas themed records in their home studio fueled by uh casio keyboards aplenty do we hear one go on cue it up Let's do it. Cue it up doug here we go Thank you. 
That was X-Ray Pop. This is the Finders Keepers Christmas special. How, how are you getting on with that turkey? Uh, it's a bit messy, mate. <laughs> a bit messy. Like. Are you giving it a good basting? <laughs> <laughs> As we're talking of turkey, we know we don't. You know what? We actually haven't played any Turkish music this this uh, this, yeah. this episode. Yeah. Yeah. Now is that it, it, now is the opportunity? I dare say there's not many Turkish Turkish Christmas records. Christmas, it's a Muslim Muslim country. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. There'll be there'll be thing not Halloween. There'll be uh, New Year's Eve ones though. In fact, as far as Eastern records go, well, Bollywood-wise, there's like tons, mm. tons of tons of Happy New Year things. Um, top of the lists, top of the Christmas tree, mm. uh, would be Ilya Raja. Oh yeah, the favourite. Perfect. Fact, you, have you got a good one? Have you got a, a decent one lined up? Uh, it's it's a cracker. Pardon the pun. <laughs> <laughs> like it, doggy. <laughs> like it. <laughs> Worth the wait. One in a row. Oh, Amazing. Right, what is it? What's it called then? Has anyone done the cracker pun yet? No, no. no you can consider yourself yeah. the proud proprietor of that that, that pun. Happy New Year by uh, Ilya Raja. Does mm. it? It sounds like this, I guess. Yeah.
The sound of Ilya Raja, and you are listening to the Finders Keepers Records Radio Christmas Special. Wit woo. Very festive. It's a variety performance of, of, of sorts. Huge production, yeah. this, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. By yeah. the f- by, the fact that that was Happy New Year, though, it might suggest that we're coming to a, the show might be coming sadly to, coming to an end. Mm. But you know, a veritable banquet it's been. It has in- uh, indeed. You you by this stage though, you've usually usually brought us down to earth with some. Um, some, some, yeah. some sci-fi one stored facts. here just for this just Gen- for this occasion. General knowledge. Yeah, it's stored right up here. Did you know, Mr. Andy Votel? Yep. Did you know that the first song played in space was a rendition of Jingle Bells, played on the harmonica by astronaut Wally Shearer, a crew member of Gemini Six, in December of 1965. Here it is. And, rumour has it, NASA rumour. Bonus that, point. Yeah. Uh, it, when you hear uh, uh, Merry Christmas in a transmission from space back to Earth, means that it's an unidentified flying object. An alien. Really? Yeah. yeah. Has it ever been said? Uh, well, well, yeah, well, that, that's the, the, the debate. Was they Were they singing Merry Christmas? Did they see an actual UFO on Christmas Day? Well, I don't know. I like the sort of weird, I like the, them weird codes that they say over tannoys in um, train Mr. stations. Mr. Wilson. Asta. Yeah, yeah, Mr. Sands. Mr. What Sands. Yeah. That's, that's an emergency, is it? Yeah, Penny? emergency yeah, or something, yeah. 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 Well, yeah. Well, Mr. Sands, please report to the, to the to lost the, children's to, desk. Yeah, yeah. But next yeah. time they say Merry Christmas in Sainsbury's, yeah. Does that mean there's an alien in the, what, in the aisles? In the fridge. In yeah, the, uh, the the reduced aisle. Sh- should we play some futuristic uh, sci-fi uh, uh, Christmas music? If there's such a thing, let's get it on. I, th- I think I think we can trust John Jatz Perry to come up with something. You know, like the sw- switched on back and th- yeah, that, yeah. that series. Mm. It, John Jatz Perry uh, did switched on Christmas. No way. He did, yeah. yeah. Perfect. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's, he's on the front of the cover just as Santa Claus. Wish you a Perry Christmas. Like <laughs> <laughs> Is that the first time that's ever been? Yeah, it's the first time that's been used. That T- technically, uh, yeah, so it was uh, switched on. Santa was the name of the album. I yeah. like it. And it was John Jacks Perry with his friend Cy Man. 
Right. Simandi. Oh, ah. yeah. Spooky, isn't it? Really strange. Christmas spirits. Are we oh, spirits? Yeah. Phil Spectre. Yeah. <gasps> wow. Wish hey, we need, th- we need to thank everybody. Can we you remember? Thank everybody. Yeah, yeah. I'm a bit puffed out now. I've yeah, had a wonderful yeah. time. It's been it? great. Yeah, it's been yeah. good. It's been exactly. our best. And we can thank everybody for uh, listening to the show throughout the year. Yeah, absolutely. And the good news is, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to be back for another year. How about that? Oh, is it going to be Deutschrock? Is it going to be, is it going to be German music? I think we're going to do a Kraut Rock one whoop, in January. Whoop. Also, we're going to have uh, part three of the history of Finders Keepers. Whoop, whoop. Uh, um, and lots of other things. Ho, ho, ho! Yeah! Ho, ho, ho! We, we've not had a visit from the Silver Globalist this no, time. No, we haven't. Well, I've missed her. Should we make her presence felt? Yeah. Um, all right, why don't we play a Christmas record by Jane Weaver. Perfect. From uh, a previous outfit that uh, she headed up with uh, Dave Tyek. Oh, Misty Dixon. Yeah. Amazing. This album can't be recommended highly enough. Mm. I think it's one of the best Twisted Nerve records we ever released. Uh, wow. I mean, and I'm not being biased because they're all one big happy family. Indeed. You know, can't be yeah. the favourite. Yeah. Um, but yeah, oh, God, yeah, La Chanson de Noël. What a, what a beaut. It appeared on a, uh, a special Christmas compilation back in the day, didn't it? Twisted Nerve one. Yeah, sort of Christmas stocking fillers. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So, it's funny, actually, when Jane did this record, she couldn't speak a word of French. And uh, she can speak a little bit of French now, Jane. Yeah. yeah she can get yeah. by. Yeah. Yeah. This is uh, Misty Dixon with uh, La Chanson de Noël. Mm, beautiful. Chanson de Noël Pour tout le Bye. 
Christmas wouldn't be Christmas without that that track for me. It's one of my favourite Christmas Christmas. What are your favourite Christmas records? Like you know, without being clever, without going down the the, <laughs> the crate digger route. You know what? what well, what's, your, what's your musical comfort food? Uh, at this time of year, obviously James Brown records. Soulful Christmas. Yeah, I know it's one of yours. Oh, it's good. I'm not saying that for you to agree with me. Uh, we've already spoke to one of yeah. uh, uh, the singers on uh, Christmas gift for you. Is it? Oh, what, yeah. What about, Phil Spector record. What about what about what about Snoopy at Christmas? Mm-hmm. I, I, I love the the the, uh, the Peanuts Christmas. Album. Yeah, I'm sure in America, Suzanne Vince Garaldi. Do you know Vince Garaldi? He's like he's a local. He was a local guy. I mean, he seems like he's still living, but he's gone. But he he was from the Bay Area. The Bay and, Area. Yeah, and he was you know he was known for doing all the wonderful Peanuts music. Ah, yeah. mm. oh, I, yeah. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, he's a classic. Oh. What a love! What a lovely show we've had. It's been amazing. What a lovely our, time. From Belgium, from America, from. Somewhere in the English countryside. Have you enjoyed your? I uh, how this little studio can hold the whole world the way wow. it does. No, it's, it's like amazing. United Nations. It's the TARDIS. <laughs> this place is the TARDIS. It's, it's intense. The, Iran. Know. Yeah, 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 indeed. We can hold a thousand people at this party Farsi, here. Yeah. I'm feeling so comfortable as well. I'm feeling really sort of Dozy. like you know. Yeah, I've got yeah. warm eyes, like I said. Yeah, that said wine. Yeah, oh, by the way, eyes. cheers with the more wine. Oh, cheers. Oh, yeah, cheers. 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 Okay. So that was the Finders Keepers Christmas Radio Special with. Pete Mitchell, myself, Andy Votel, Suzanne Ciani. Can we say we are not we are not worthy? We are not worthy. Gert, Gert, oh, hurt, hurt the wild. And Massa from Mount Analog Finders Keepers fame. Go and that was visit wonderful. her. Yeah. And that was the Finders Keepers Christmas, Christmas Radio Special. Ho, ho, ho. This is Lonnie Liston-Smith, and I would like to wish everyone a Merry Christmas at the Finders Keepers Radio Show.